Greetings, everyone. I hope that many of you are uh, sitting with Apamata or with your own community locally <clears throat> on this most unusual day. For those of us in the United States, I'm sure those of you who are connecting from abroad uh, also feel the tremor uh, from what we're engaged in at the moment. Uh, because it's an unusual day, uh, we might do things a little differently during inquiry as well. And we're going to start with just a little bit longer sitting. We usually sit for just about five minutes. Classically, for years and years, when we were meeting in person in the Zendo, uh, we would sit for 15 minutes. Uh, and this morning, I'd like to do that. So please engage yourself in Zazen for the next 15 minutes. Um, I would invite you, if you're willing and can, to actually sit. It's not just waiting for something. It's truly offering yourself completely to this time that we share and offering your deepest intention in the face of everything that is happening in our country and around the world that requires our presence and our steadiness and our uprightness. And right now, our, our silence. <clears throat> this is a, a radical act, really. The pressures uh, and difficulties that we've been facing can uh, stoop us and bend us, and our vision is lowered. So please elevate your vision and straighten your back and sit upright outside of the weight of what's going on, even as you feel it, and share this, this time of sitting. And as you hear the bell fading, if you would allow your attention to rest in your body and in your breath, the foundation of our sitting practice, just the simplicity of steady, balanced, upright sitting, and note the body that you have with its energy or its fatigue, its vitality or aches and pains, but appreciating that you're alive and that you are sitting with this body.
and although our attention can shift, it's not a separate focus of concentration to notice the state of your mind. You may feel calm and peaceful as you begin resting in your present upright body posture. Or you may feel the vulnerability and uncertainty that goes with this day and recent days. Just notice the state of your mind without trying to manipulate it. With the awareness that this witnessing capacity, your larger consciousness, takes all the objects of your mind, all the content of your thought, as objects. Your primary awareness is like the sky. Things go through the sky, but they aren't the sky. Your primary awareness is not your thoughts or your feelings. Those are contained within your primary awareness and we sit upright to honor this awareness and notice the state of our mind that is unfolding within this primary consciousness. And with that same intimacy, you might notice your own heart. What's the quality of your heart? Not just your emotional temperature at the moment, but more intimate than that. And curiously, you might consider what's in the front of your heart and what's in the back. What do you notice about the quality of your own heart? Once again, without trying to manipulate or change, simply resting. with the vitality of upright, steady sitting, without being too caught in the storylines of your mind, intimate with the qualities of your heart, and knowing that you're sitting with many, many people at this moment, sharing this experience, even if you don't see them. Just coming back to the breath, back to the body, back to your basic awareness in which all of it is unfolding, and rest in that space.
returning to the simplicity of your breath and your embodied presence. If you find it difficult to stay just simply present, if the quality of your mind and heart is disturbed in ways, which for many of us, this is, this is true, you might need something to anchor your attention and your breath is a good focus. Just noticing the inhalations and exhalations, just resting. And this simplicity of being alive, nothing to do, nothing to hide, nothing to fix, nothing to explain, no fight. Just breathing together.
just simply sitting. And in that simplicity, without even trying, we engage the practice of patience. Unknowingly, we're also practicing generosity as we sit with each other and for the world. We do bring energy to the simplicity, the vitality of our practice, and to sit steadily and with some dignity in this generous posture, offering our patience and energy, we end up enacting very moral an ethical way of meeting the world without causing harm. All of this through our meditation, our sitting zazen, so that we can see more clearly and live with more wisdom. The six paramitas, without any intention, without any striving, manifest in the simplicity of sitting together generosity and patience, morality and vitality and energy, meditation and wisdom. On a simple breath, Together we'll chant the verse of the robe, listening to the words, hearing your own voice out loud, feeling it moving in you, noticing what it calls forward in the midst of where we sit in this day. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction, wearing the universal teaching I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, 
a formless field of benefaction, wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. <clears throat> It's a day in which there are many prayers, I'm sure, for harmonizing all being, even if it seems so far out of sight. The one true nature may seem like a distant fantasy as things are so divided, but we still cloak ourselves in the teachings, in our practice, and find that there's a beneficent field in which we can rest together when we do so. And so we gather and spend our time together today um, I don't know about you, but I'm sure that most of you, like me, <clears throat> are simply tired. Weary of the election cycle, certainly. Weary of trying to cope with and manage an unmanaged pandemic for the last seven or eight months. with the background of racial tensions, uncertainties of all kinds, the larger background of climate change. We can go on and on. It's not a, a list to say, isn't it horrible? It's just an acknowledgement that this is what we sit with. And in terms of our election, I'm assuming most of you have probably voted who are gonna vote. But for the most part, we've done all that we can do. So we wait. And there's been so many messages and so much, so much talking. I woke at 1 a.m. and was unable to go back to sleep for a good long while. So I took a book and opened it. It's the most recent book by Annie Lamont. Some of you appreciated her writings. They're important and instructive and vulnerable and real, sometimes humorous, but touching things that are quite potent. And she this is the volume entitled Almost Everything. And she mentioned her pastor in the church where she goes, speaking about contemporary situation. And the pastor said, just don't let them get you to hate them. And she said this was really a a strong and difficult thing for her, given how she had felt impacted by what's going on. She said she hoped not to be caught in some 
kind of negative cloak of what's happening at the moment. And she took a line from the wonderful Wendell Berry and his manifesto, The Mad Farmer Liberation Front, a long poem. And when she said, be joyful, though you have considered the facts, be joyful, though you have considered the facts. I don't think he's saying be happy. Don't lose sight of your true nature. Don't allow hate to incapacitate us. Because there's a way in which that bends us, as I said, and we lose sight and we need to lift our vision. And I thought to myself, what could lift our vision today? Something that we could, I could just make an, as an offering. And there are many beautiful things out there, but the thing that resonated most clearly for me, so I make it as an offering today, is the powerful piece that was written by Maya Angelou in 1995, A Brave and Startling Truth. It was composed and first read at the 50th anniversary of the founding of the United Nations. And it's, a, in my mind, a wise and moving poem with its message of goodness about humanity at a time when it's difficult. The poem flew on the Orion spacecraft into space and was dedicated by Maya Angelou also as her words, dedicated to the hope for peace, which lies sometimes hidden in every heart. Peace, which lies sometimes hidden in every heart. And isn't this why we sit to remember and to find in our heart, tucked away in the back somewhere or displayed in the front, the peace that we long for in our own heart and hopefully in the hearts of others. So it's a poem that many of you I'm sure have heard. You can go online and you can actually see her recitation of the poem on the day she read it in the United Nations if you want. Um, I'll humbly offer my voice today uh, so we can listen reminding us of our fragility and the specialness of this life here. And what is this brave and startling truth that she points to? How through our practice, what do we come to? Hear her words. We, this people, on a small and lonely planet, traveling through casual space, past aloof stars, across the way of indifferent suns to a destination where all signs tell us it is possible and imperative that we learn a brave and startling truth. <clears throat> and when we come to it, to the day of peacemaking, when we release our fingers from fists of hostility, 
and allow the pure air to cool our palms. And when we come to it, when the curtain falls on the minstrel show of hate and faces sooted with scorn are scrubbed clean, when battlefields and Colosseum no longer rake our unique and particular sons and daughters up with the bruised and bloody grass to lie in identical plots on foreign soil. When the rapacious storming of the churches, the screaming racket in the temples has ceased, when the pennants are waving gaily, when the banners of the world tremble stoutly in the good, clean breeze, when we come to it, when we let the rifles fall from our shoulders and children dress their dolls in flags of truce, when landmines of death have been removed and the aged can walk into evenings of peace, when religious ritual is not perfumed by the incense of burning flesh and childhood dreams are not kicked awake by nightmares of abuse. When we come to it, then we will confess that not the pyramids with their stones set in mysterious perfection, not the gardens of Babylon hanging as eternal beauty in our collective memory, not the Grand Canyon kindled into delicious color by Western sunsets, no, not the Danube flowing its blue soul into Europe, not the sacred peak of Mount Fuji stretching to the rising sun, neither Father Amazon nor Mother Mississippi, who without favor nurture all creatures in the depths and on the shores. These are not the only wonders of the world. When we come to it, we, this people, on this minuscule and kithless globe, who reach daily for the bomb, the blade, and the dagger, yet who petition in the dark for tokens of peace, we, this people, on this moat of matter, in whose mouths abide cankerous words, which challenge our very existence, yet out of those same mouths come songs of such exquisite sweetness that the heart falters in its labor and the body is quieted into awe. We, this people on this planet, the small and drifting planet, whose hands can strike with such abandon that in a twinkling life is sapped from the living, yet whose same hands can touch with such healing, irresistible tenderness, that the haughty neck is happy to bow and the proud back is glad to bend out of such chaos, of such contradiction. We learn that we are neither devils nor divines, when we come to it, 
we, this people on this wayward floating body created on this earth, of this earth, have the power to fashion for this earth a climate where every man and every woman live freely without sanctimonious piety, without crippling fear. When we come to it, we must confess that we are the possible. We are the miraculous, the true wonder of the world. That is when, and only when, we come to it. We live in a world that is full of pain and destruction, and people are beautiful. You are beautiful. And it's this love for one another, recognizing this beauty, that will save us. Hate will only bring more agony upon ourselves and others. But the truth, when we come to it, is that only love can save us. And in the current world in which we live, it seems this is the message we need to hear on this small, fragile planet. She used the word kithless, K-I-T-H, kithless, a word we don't use in our language now. It means without without a friend or without kinship. A kith, we're a planet that's unique as far as we know. Be able to treasure this. And each of us is unique and beautiful. And yet we're related. We, this people. Everyone, everything tells us that it is possible and it is imperative that we learn a brave and startling truth. And when we come to it, and when we come to it, she says over and over, here on this earth, when we come to it, we come to understand what's most essential. When we come to it, we must confess that we are the possible. We are the miraculous. The true wonder of this world. And this is when, and only when, we come to it. Today, I'm going to ask that you not raise your hand. that we not do more talking. There's a grace in honoring 
a full and active silence right now. It isn't just simply waiting. It's more than waiting. And it's a very powerful and fierce willingness to be fully present without rancor and without trying to change things. And frankly, the very human part of me doesn't have the stomach for it today to talk too much, to try to answer the question, how do I, and then just fill in the blank. Let's continue to sit. I'll read the poem again before we end. We'll do our final chant. Do what's more difficult right now. Simply stay present. Fully present with yourself and with everyone sitting and listening today. I think it's important that we can't see each other. We've been we're so blind and we can't see so many things that are important right now. But we have to bring ourselves fully in our practice anyway. And to hold that space anyway. As Wendell Berry said, to be joyful though we have considered the facts. And as Annie Lamont reminds us, just don't let them get you to hate them to be disempowered. Please stay with me.
resting in the same simplicity of body and breath, of heart and mind, in this one body, this one mind, this one great heart, which holds us all, and offer yourself back to that unified body of our community, of our great creative mind, of our large compassionate heart. And do so by simply sitting. No amount of thrashing about will help now. As we continue to sit together, offer our loving kindness and wishes to everyone today. 
in support of that practice, I'll also offer the poem one more time in its fullness. Letting it move with your breath through your body, through the sense organs which take it into your body and your heart and your mind. We, this people, we, this people, on a small and lonely planet, traveling through casual space, past aloof stars, across the way of indifferent suns to a destination where all signs tell us it is possible and imperative that we learn a brave and startling truth. And when we come to it, to the day of peacemaking, when we release our fingers from fists of hostility and allow the pure air to cool our palms, when we come to it, when the curtain falls on the minstrel show of hate and faces sooted with scorn or scrub clean, when battlefields and coliseum no longer rake our unique and particular sons and daughters up with the bruised and bloody grass to lie in identical plots and foreign soil, when the rapacious storming of the churches, the screaming racket in the temples has ceased, when the pennants are waving gaily and the banners of the world tremble stoutly in the good, clean breeze, when we come to it, when we let the rifles fall from our shoulders and children dress their dolls in flags of truce, when landmines of death have been removed and the aged can walk into evenings of peace, when religious ritual is not perfumed by the incense of burning flesh, and childhood dreams are not kicked awake by nightmares of abuse, when we come to it, then we will confess that not the pyramids with their stones set in mysterious perfection, nor the gardens of Babylon hanging as eternal beauty. In our collective memory, not the Grand Canyon, kindled into delicious color by Western sunsets, nor the Danube flowing its blue soul into Europe, not the sacred peak of Mount Fuji stretching to the rising sun, neither Father Amazon nor Mother Mississippi, who without favor nurture all creatures in the depths and on the shores. These are not the only wonders of the world. When we come to it, we, this people, on this minuscule and kithless globe, who reach daily for the bomb, the blade, and the dagger, yet who petition in the dark for tokens of peace, we, this people, in this moat of matter in whose mouths abide cankerous words, which challenge our very existence, yet out of those same mouths 
come songs of such exquisite sweetness that the heart falters in its labor and the body is quieted into awe. We, this people, on this small and drifting planet whose hands can strike with such abandon that in a twinkling life is sapped from the living, yet whose same hands can touch with such healing, irresistible tenderness, that the haughty neck is happy to bow and the proud back is glad to bend out of such chaos, of such contradiction, we learn that we are neither devils nor divines. And when we come to it, we, this people, on this wayward floating body, created on this earth, of this earth, have the power to fashion for this earth, a climate where every man and every woman can live freely without sanctimonious piety, without crippling fear. When we come to it, we must confess that we are the possible. We are the miraculous, the true wonder of this world. That is when, and only when, we come to it. we come faithfully to our meditation cushion, our chair, our seat, when we return over and over again to our breath and our body, and when we come to it, our precious Sangha, the Buddhas that we meet, the Dharma that unfolds, the relationships which sustain and challenge and guide and heal us, when we come to it, all, over and over, we shape our vow. And through that vow, offer ourselves over and over. We, this people, on this planet, but we must come to it. We take the action we can take and we tolerate the action we cannot. We heal what we can heal, blessing everything and let go of what we have to release over and over again when we come to it.
with our willingness to see ourselves as clearly as we can. We chant our chant of confession. I now fully avow I'm willing to look at myself. When we come home and we take refuge, when we come to it and the treasures of our practice, We put on the teachings in our body and realizing our one true nature and that field of benefaction. And we gently and sometimes painfully surrender our self-centered dreams and meet each moment so that we become a vessel for compassion. When we come to it and realize the ideal of our particular practice path, the Bodhisattva vow, as our direction, that we dedicate ourselves to freeing all beings, not our party, not our friends, not just our neighbors, we vow to free everyone from difficulty. We vow to meet every delusion and open it to truth. We vow to step through every Dharma gate, every possibility for awakening because it serves others. And in doing so, we embody the way that the Buddha described for us and all the other great awakened ones in every tradition everywhere throughout space and time. But we do so on this small planet when we come to it, to our vow to live and be lived for the benefit of all beings, to do what is good and to avoid what is harmful. to shape our communities around such principles as best we can. Then we come to it.
and to remind ourselves of the principles that will encourage us and support us in coming to it together. Let's now chant the four practice principles which we typically chant at this time at the end of our, our hour together. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering, holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher, being just this moment, compassion's way. There's a brief dedication that we often do um, at the end of uh, such a time that's more like a service so that whatever good might have been generated in our own practice and our shared practice would go out to everyone, everywhere, without exception. And we say, may our intention equally extend, equally permeate to every being and place the true merit of Buddha's way. May our intentions and our practice equally extend to all beings in all places, the basic goodness, the true essence of the way of awakening. That's what I hope today. That's my greatest wish on a day of election. I hope that you will utilize the link to now visit with some of the folks that you've been sitting with. I'll, I'll turn it over to Jessica. Uh, for our uh, completion and um, she can help you uh, with that as well. Thank you everyone. Take good care of yourself and be safe and be peaceful. Thank you so much Flint and thank you everyone for being here and for your your kindness. Appamata's programs and facilities are supported through your generosity and your contributions make a huge difference. You can find a link on the website at appamata.org to make contributions to Flint, to all the teachers, and to Appamata. And please do join us in the after inquiry uh, directly after this. You'll find the link on the calendar. Thank you. <laughs>